My fellow Americans, our long national nightmare is over. That's right, because the Productive Conversations podcast is back from hiatus. My name is Matt Brown. I'm going to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. George can't hit what his hands can't see. Now you see me, now you don't. He think he will, but I know he won't. They tell me George is good, but I'm twice as nice. And I'm going to stick to his butt like white old rice. That's right. That's the greatest of all time. Of all time. That's the greatest right there. Let's start the show. back. The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. How are we doing everybody? It is Thursday, June 10th. 2021 and I am so happy to be back in front of this microphone and I'm so happy that you, you listening to this and the greatest listeners and fans and audience in the world is joining us today to listen to a podcast and enjoy the journey of the Productive Conversations podcast. Lots to do, lots to talk about. We've been out for a week and a half, originally intended for just taking a week off, but here's what happened. Let me just get right to it. And before I get into the fun, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. Don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And on that website, you can see every single one of our podcasts and you can see all the videos that coincide with our podcast. So lots of fun over there. You can check out our merchandise store. Thanks to our friends at Zazzle for affordable merchandise to rock with regarding our our show. And you can also check out the blogs I've written. You can check out my resume if you're so interested at what I've done beforehand. And if you have any offers uh, for great opportunities, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But bottom line, go to ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com for all things regarding this show. And don't forget to check us out on the world of social media. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. And we're on Twitter at ProdConvoPod. And check out all the great content we have to offer in the world of social media. So, my friends, my family, the greatest listeners and fans in the world, what happened on Monday? Should we start with that? So, regularly scheduled show for Monday, June 7th, 2021. Now, what happened was, you know, life got busy. I did edit the show and I created it. But my guests at the time, even though we recorded this about a month ago, they seemed a little weary and uncomfortable for whatever reason. And, you know, I'm not here to judge. They can feel the way they want to feel regarding a show. I understand when you are podcasting and you are recording, you know, People get lost in the conversation, and sometimes you forget the microphones are there. And, well, even though I, you know, try to warn my guests, be aware that we are recording, and uh, just want to make sure the most important thing is that you're comfortable, and my guests seem that way, and then as I'm about to post for Monday, right, Originally, the show was actually going to be on Tuesday. That's what it was rescheduled for because of some editing things that uh, took place. And then my guests just seemed weird. Like, you know when you have a bad vibe, 
about something and something just doesn't seem right. That seemed to be the case with my guests, even though our conversation was pretty classic and legendary. For whatever reason, they felt some type of way about it. And yeah, I don't understand it, but whatever, you know. That's what's just uh, the thing about a recording show sometimes. Some people have their thoughts for whatever reason. But, um, so I'm about to post the show and I get a call from one of my guests. Well, first I should say, um, after the show and after our talk, uh, one of it was a three panel guest. One of them texts me, blah, 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 I don't feel comfortable. No, even though I said, be aware of what we're talking about. Be aware that you're going to be recorded on camera and you're going to be on screen. And for some reason, you want to take it back. He said, I don't want to be tagged in the show. I said, fine. And, you know, I'm not going to go badmouth the guy and give some choice words. I just didn't understand where he's coming from. But I will respect his wishes. And then, on Monday, as I am putting some finishing touches on the show and getting ready to put it to the world and give it to the masses, the guy, the another guy on the panel said the same thing. Like, you know, again, I'm not here to mouth, bad mouth. I'm not upset. I mean, you know, I don't want to edit an entire show that will never be on, that'll never be heard to or seen. That upsets me. And I don't like my time being wasted. But I'd rather not burn bridges and keep a good relationship with my guests and who I'm talking to. And having said that, the guy literally did say I could say his name and I can blame him, but I'm not. I don't appreciate wasting my time making a show for nothing. And, you know, eventually we'll put these lost episodes out. There have been three podcasts that are not on the air due to guests pulling them back. And they're not coming back on the show, of course. And I'm not going to talk to them, honestly, for I don't have a reason to. Basically, that's all I'm saying. I'm not mad. I have no ill will. I don't have a grudge. However, I will not go out of my way for these people again for wasting my time. These three guests, I will. And I believe that they can offer a lot to the next to an episode of the podcast. And we agreed that, you know, their uncomfortability was not worth putting a show out there and they would be nervous all the time for people to hear about it. And we did not say anything controversial. We did not say anything that could get us canceled. We did not say anything bad. But for whatever reason, they just didn't want our conversation out to the public. And honestly, it's the public's loss because it was a great show that I really would have been a really great show to post after the hiatus. But... Things weren't meant to be, and we had a pivot, and I didn't have another replacement podcast to post out there in time. And, well, I'm sorry. All I can say is I'm sorry we didn't have the show on Monday, though I can't really put a show if a guest feels uncomfortable having it out there. So I respect their wishes. We all agreed we will do the show again in a different, more structured manner. And uh, I think it'll be valuable, and that will come out on a later date. So, good times ahead. Again, no ill will. I'm not mad at my three guests who pulled the show. I still have a lot of love and respect for them, and I'm glad that we can come up with a great alternative, and we will be back. Those three guys will be back on a uh, later date. 
Now, regarding my week off, it was good. You know, I applied to jobs. I did schedule some more podcasts. I worked the yard. I worked out. It was a great time. I saw my great buddies in New Jersey. You know, we were tearing it up in Jersey City. Uh, I went over to Hoboken and had a great day over there. There are some awesome views and, you know, I just uh, really enjoyed my week off chilling. Memorial Day weekend was nice, also in Jersey City with my great buddies there. And let me tell you something. Jersey City has a bar called the Ashford. That was the first bar I went to with people since the pandemic started in March. There were people dancing. There were people drinking. Now, I trust that these people are vaccinated and, you know, they did well making sure things were afloat and, you know, the restrictions are eased that these restaurants and bars and clubs can get back into the groove, get an income again, you know, pay their workers so they can live their life. And it was a lot of fun, you know, drinking vodka cranberries with uh, two of my boys. They know who they are and, you know, dance around, bouncing and having a good time. It, it was really, really sweet. And it was great to be in that environment again amongst my peers as we enjoy being young and living life. And that was a great time. And I'm just uh, glad we're here safe to talk about it. And I hope that I'm back at the Ashford as soon as I can. That place is awesome. Huge fans of the Ashford in Jersey City, New Jersey. And yeah, of course, kept up with my sports. The Knicks got eliminated in my hiatus. And you know, the pain and the suffering and the emotional damage that caused me. I did an emergency podcast on my week off and I just let it all out, that pain. And well, people are right. We should not be pounding on them and and be disappointed in their playoff performances. Well, I mean, we shouldn't be as mad. We should give them a break, which I do agree. It's just, you know, I'm a New York sports fan. I expect the most. So, um, Nick's, see, Nick's imploding in the first round hurt, and it made me sad. But, you know, I got to give it to Coach Thibs, Coach of the Year for a reason. Very proud of what he was able to accomplish. Julius Randle really put the team on his back. D. Rose gave it his all in his resurgence. Obviously, Mitch Robinson's going to be coming back. Emmanuel Quickly and RJ got a nice little core there. I wouldn't exactly give Julius Randle a max extension because of his poor performance in the first round, but I would, you know, resign him and see where it goes from there. And if he gets a chance at redemption in the playoffs once again, then he's in a good spot. And we have $60 million in the cap coming into the summer, two first round picks. We have a lot to look forward to. We really do. And I love the Knicks dearly now. And after a few days to reflect, and I learned that things are going to be okay. We're entourage. It's going to work out. So let's go, Knicks. Can't wait for the fall to see you guys again. And what else is up? Yankees are starting to turn it around. Two great wins in Minnesota. Even after Garrett Cole, you know, embarrassed himself in that press conference and really wasn't smooth when asked about the quote-unquote sticky stuff that's taking place. But he figured it out, and he pitched well uh, last night. So what do we have to complain? Yankees are taking the Twins by two games. Let's not make it a fluke as we usually beat on the Twins, whether in the regular season or the postseason. 
And let's get this team back on track. I understand the concerns. I know people wanted Boone's head a few for the past few days, but you know, Yankee seasons really do go up and down, and then, you know, we would probably lose a tough playoff game in October. I haven't seen the Yankees win since 2009. I was a freshman in high school. Now I'm 26 years old doing a podcast, my, you know, where I'm at. And as things are going to get better for me eventually in my career, obviously with this show, wherever I go, I just want to see the Yankees keep playing and doing well and get back to it and celebrate an October postseason with the Yankees being dominant. I trust it. They're on a two-game winning streak again, and I know you will too. So let's go Yankees there. And speaking of baseball, huge, huge congratulations to the Norwalk High School Bears. Varsity Baseball defeats Greenwich last night, and they advance to the state championship. Now, what stinks is Brian McMahon was also in the Final Four in the semifinals themselves and lost. So that would have been epic to see a Norwalk High McMahon state championship game. But... Instead, Norakai is playing. I'm not sure who they're playing, but um, this is great. My brother Tommy is the uh, head of baseball operations for the Norakai Bears, and I'm proud of what he's been doing there. He graduates high school next week, everybody, so look at how he is ending his high school career, being a part of a team that made the state championship at Norakai Baseball great job and we can't wait to see what you do at Wagner College gonna play for the Seahawks and he's gonna be a starting quarterback eventually there and he is going to make an impact over in the FCS so proud of my brother Tommy Brown division one quarterback can't take that away so our first show back from hiatus is going to focus on the NBA playoffs this is our second NBA playoff show for this year we have three amazing guests on to discuss the conference semifinals and where we expect those series to go. Those people include the founder of the Going Places Artist Collective, Alex Ranelio makes his return, David Bach, the host of the Fresh Faces New Ideas show on Twitch and YouTube is coming back. And then we have Bars the God. He is one half of the Word for Word podcast, and he's coming back to return to the show. And we're going to talk all things hoop, focusing on the conference semifinals, and we're going to see where everything lies. Oh, and there is a lot of great headlines coming into this dominant teams, new teams, and uh, we reflect on the good times ahead. And I just want to let you know that there are no intros coming into the show, and that is because one of my guests said he was on a limited time engagement so we skip the intros but we got right to the content right away and you know who's coming on and let's have some fun with it so here we go david bach bars the god alex ranelio it's your guys turn once again let's talk hoops let's get to it like i said i have david bach alex ranelio bars the god now we're going to focus here on the conference semifinals. We, they have started, you know, at this moment, we have the Jazz and Clippers. Utah's leading one game to none. Nugget Suns leading one game to none for Phoenix. The Eastern Conference semifinals, the Hawks and Sixers are tied at one, and the Bucks and Nets with the Nets leading two games to zero. So we are at the Elite Eight, and we are very, very and happy and intrigued to see some new faces and they're going to see um 
a new person in the East, new person in the West. So we're going to focus here at this point of the show, and we're going to focus on the conference semifinals and preview the matchup and see where it's going to go from here. So first to focus on that, you have the Western Conference semifinals. Jazz and Clippers, as I said, Utah's leading one game to none. They played their game last night. Bars, we saw you really covering it in our group chat and making sure things can roll um, the way you expect them to or others. And having said that, Bars, where is this series going? Just one second. Just get that volume in there. All right. You were saying? It was somewhere in about the third quarter, probably about the start of the third quarter, like top of the third quarter, mm-hmm. that I probably hit the group chat up and I was like, I got the jazz on this one, right? Okay, why is that? They were down at, they were down at this point. Mm-hmm. Now, I covered the game. I sent y'all about 12 videos, right? Yep. Donovan Mitchell had an aberration of a third quarter. Started it off four for four. Two, two, three, two, 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 um, three pointers. Uh, uh, and an impressive Jordan esque layup. Like, I could have dunked this, but here, like, you know, like, um, but here goes, uh, here goes a layup. And then followed up by clutch plays by Bogdanovich, uh, really sizing cats up. Paul George really being shit. Um, and Rudy Gobert having like no points, but like 10 rebounds. You know what I'm saying? And like really like trying his hardest to guard Kawhi. And like, I will say this. I'm like, I, I hate Kawhi, but I hate him for a different reason than most because I played 2K against him. And, and in 2K as a rookie, Dude was fired. Mm-hmm. Like, dude was fired. And then, you know, he goes on to be as good as he is now. You know what I'm saying? But that's not why I hate Kawhi. The dude is a monster in actual life. Like, he was actually doing what he had to do. But Donovan Mitchell, and it proved, and, and I don't know if you guys were watching, but it showed when he wasn't on the feet, when he wasn't on the court, it was a different game. You know what I'm saying? Jordan Carson did hold it down, you know, um, and I and at one point, see, I, I got I got the two blocks mixed up, but at one point, Rondo did put a shot up to kind of try to tie the game back up or take the lead again for the Clippers. Royce O'Neal came in for a block. The team, the team chemistry is phenomenal on the Jazz, and if Donovan Mitchell was still hurt, I would have had the Suns taking it for the Western Conference Finals. But I'm going Jazz all the way. Um, Paul George is trash. Um, Zubox is really stepping up. Uh, did not really see him doing that. Um, they really let that Lou Williams in the bubble shit hurt them because <laughs> they got rid of they got rid of Lou Williams. And Atlanta shows what Lou Williams is doing over there right now. So um, for the most part, yeah, like I feel like the Jazz got this in the bag. They got a good bench. Um, six minutes shoot, like seventeen for fifty from three or some stupidly low number. Who didn't they shoot like seventeen for fifty for a three point range? They shot like garbage. Who I can get that? I can get that box score real quick for you. The, the Jazz. Yeah, I'm not positive. They missed I'll take great shots last night. 
they did. They did miss a lot of good shots. But I don't know, yo. That's gotta be like, encouraging. Wow. I'm saying like that's gotta be encouraging if you're if you think Utah's gonna win the series because even with all with the, all that said, like they still eked out the win and I don't I don't expect them missing 20 shots and having all their guys shoot under 40% from outside the three-point line. I don't see it happening. Yeah. And they didn't like, have Mike Conley. Yeah. Really By the way, to confirm, the Jazz did go 17 for 50 last night, 30, shooting 34%. Yeah, exactly. That ain't going to happen again. So I, I would be very encouraged if I think that Utah's going to win the series, which I do. I think the biggest the biggest X factor is Clarkson because against Memphis he was averaging 19 a game. I mean he's kind of the catalyst for that second unit. And if Donovan has an off night, it's kind of no problem because they're able to even evenly distribute and move that ball around the perimeter and get three point shots up and 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 through. Because during the regular season they were the only team to hit 10, 10 threes a game every single game of the year. So I'm very encouraged. Oh yeah, Bach, what are you the healthy pickup. Mm-hmm. Was good. Bach, what do you think of uh, this series so far? Oh, I didn't watch this this game. Look, I think it's going to come down to whether or not they can, you know, slow down Kawhi enough. Because I don't. My understanding is he didn't even have that great a game. Um, I don't think that the Jazz really have the bodies to stay in front of him, but. They, they're. I trust their team more than I trust the Clippers team. Uh, we've already seen in the past that Paul George cannot stop Donovan Mitchell, and that was like three years ago. Um, we've seen Joe Ingles stop Paul George, so it's going to come down to can can Donovan Mitchell still go off when they do the 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 uh, break glass in case of emergency? Kawhi's going to guard him the whole time, and then I'm going to switch everything off. Him. That's going to change the series. Now, one thing with the Clippers. Is as I said, they were really doubted um, coming uh, against Dallas. Are here, you know, I guess playing with house money. The, the, a lot of people did have a lot of hopes for them coming into the season, and I'm on the record saying I thought they'd win the West uh, before the season even began. But despite that, and you know, that PR and still hanging in there, do you feel that any of that momentum can help them overthrow this number one seeded jazz team? Do you think there's anything to that? Like, are these, is this just a scrappy team of what's here with the Kawhi PG Marcus Morris, all that, or is this just gonna, you know, they're going to do what people expect and, and fall and the team will get blown up and Kawhi will go somewhere else. Paul George will go somewhere else as well, the player up. Or their player options. Yeah, yeah. What do you guys have to say about that? I look, I don't think they're going to blow. I don't think Kawhi leaves after this season. Um, I, if they lost the first round, he would have. But I don't think he's leaving now. Um, uh, I, I guess they trade Paul George for Dame. Um, but, like, I, other than See, Kawhi, I don't trust I anybody on this team. Like, Kawhi and Ronald are the only ones who have proved that they can do it. And, like... If you're relying on Rondo as your second best player, that's not really like a good option in 2021. Yeah, he's getting up there. I think the right. I think the biggest thing right now is just how you know how does Ty Lue manage the rotation? Who are the guys that he's going to put out there as his front? You know, eight guys down the stretch in clutch moments that they're going to be able to see it through. Because I mean, Reggie Jackson had a big game. He had a big series against Dallas when people didn't expect him to. I mean, Kennard was he had two DNP games last series, but he kind of showed out. Um, you know, um, game seven as well as game one. 
So it just it just depends on how they get that rotation right, and that's going to be pivotal. You know, who are the guys that they trust on the road? Because at home, everybody tends to play better anyway. So. Yeah, that has been fun, especially in this series. That's kind of funny how that has planned out. But, um, yeah, I think this both teams have a lot um, to prove coming into it. But, yes, Bars? Yeah, I don't think I don't think Kawhi leaves either, just to touch on that. Um, I do think that they get rid of – I think they'll shake the team up. They get rid of a, a few cats. Um, Marcus Morris definitely probably going to be gone. Uh, Patrick Beverly, I believe – it's he's run his course, kick him to the boot. Um, Paul George, I think it's a no brainer. He's gone. I think they keep Zubats, Kawhi, and they just build from there, you know. Yeah, and uh, this is a lot is on the line. We can all agree to that with this series. But um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It really is moving forward. And our other Western Conference semifinal game, the Nuggets and the Suns. At the moment, Phoenix is leading one to zero. As we were talking before, we feel that Chris Paul has a lot to gain from this opportunity. Bach, you have said that this is Chris Paul's easiest chance to now get a ring. I mean, beating the Lakers, not really a shock, but still an um, important team to knock out, reigning champions. This team has so much momentum coming in. Devin looked great in the game. DeAndre Ayton's been balling. A very well-coached team as well. So the Phoenix Suns, um, can they uh, get to the conference semifinals since uh, Barkley was on the team? Wait, no, didn't, they didn't go with Nash and Amari. I don't think they made the conference no, finals. No, they, they didn't. They uh, the Robert Ory hip checked. Uh, That's right. <laughs> exactly. So this would be the first time since 93 if they make it. So, um, and then we also have the Nuggets again without Jamal Murray, though, again, losing last night. We'll see if Jokic is leading what they have there and JaVel McGee and all them. Um, could they possibly? Uh, overthrow this team that's been a huge favorite. Um, we'll start with Bach in this series. Where do you see things going? Look, Phoenix should win this. They have they they have the the deeper better team. Um, uh, Devin Booker facts is 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 proven that he can just light everybody up. It's not just a uh, a regular season thing. I do have my issues with the team, but they're more like su- uh, superficial. Um, the Booker three where he did the the lying down thing, he fucking flopped. Um, and then Jay Crowder was flopping on every three. Um, but look, Denver, you got to feed, you got to, you're not going to win this series. You got to feed Bobo and you got to feed Michael Porter Jr. and see what you got with them. Cause Porter Jr. is going to be your number two anyway, next year. Um, you gotta, you gotta see what you can get out of him. Give him as much as he can eat. Um, he could actually, uh, learn to a thing or thing or two about flopping, but let, let, let the little guy eat. Let him eat. Um, um, I feel, I feel, uh, I feel, yeah, the, the Suns got this one, man. Um, without Jamal Murray, uh, Chris Paul is pretty much just running up and down over there. Devin Booker, like you said, he's an assassin. Um, DeAndre Ayton is going to pretty much be your Jokic matchup. And, like, I don't know, like, Michael Porter Jr. can score, like, but you got Mikel Bridges over there. And, I mean, he's my only questionable on that team, to be honest. Like, is he a solid third? Is he a solid second? What, like, what's going on with him? But, yeah, I pretty much still got the Suns going on for this one. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just think um, Denver's a little too shorthanded. I mean, it, there's a lot of questions up in the air right now, like is Barton going to be healthy back? Um, but Austin Rivers and, uh, and Porter, I just think they're just too little, you know, for Devin Booker and CP3 and, and Bridges for that matter. I just think that, um, you know, they're going to – I think offensively, um, you know, they're going to have to target CP3's injury a little bit, you know, and I think that Jokic is going to have to, like, play, like, just – exceptionally as the point center for that team. Um, but those guys got to hit shots. I don't think they have enough shot makers that Phoenix has. I think Phoenix has proven that they have a higher ceiling when they get hot and, uh, and having, having home court is just a big difference too. Major, major and key. I believe, I believe that um, in order for them to win and beat the, uh, beat the Suns, Jokic needs to literally have like every game needs to be a MVP type performance. He's got to have like, at least two triple doubles this like this series for them to beat the Suns because like he's gonna have to like losing Jeremy Grant was big yeah Aaron Gordon is like is is he's he's he's, he's right. but losing Jeremy Grant was actually pretty big yeah. um <clears throat> so yeah because Jeremy Grant could guard like one through four yeah well Aaron Gordon had in theory <clears throat> huh. Aaron Gordon can in theory. The issue is he's in not much for theory. He's not like in theory, but I felt like Jeremy Grant was a little longer. Like it's, I think Jeremy Grant's a better shooter. I think you can do more offensively right, with, with that's true. That's true. And if you guys look at the landscape of the remaining teams, like no one um from last year that got this um got to the you know the conference finals is still remaining. So it just goes to show you that a lot of the nutrition and, and the health and the um the you know the tiredness of these teams is really catching up. And I think that's gonna be the case with Denver down the stretch of this series. Attrition. Key word, man. War of attrition always. That's the key. This is gonna be a weird two year blip. That's what it is. Next year will be like a more normal year. Yo, yeah, I got Utah, man. Mm-hmm. Utah. So, can we all agree, though, if the Nuggets didn't have their issues, especially if they had Jamal Murray, would this be a more competitive series, or do we still think oh. that the Suns, with what they got, they'll still um, get there, but I guess in a more challenging way? Yo, it, it'd be interesting. I think Jamal Murray could take it to seven games. He'd have to pull that out of Chris. Chris he, he'd force Chris Paul to pull that out. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like with a healthy backcourt, I think the Nuggets got it. You know, it's a yeah, different it, story. It puts, it puts their, their rotation in, in, like, order and puts people back into, like, where they should be. They're overstretching right now. Like, they wouldn't yeah. have Austin Rivers on this team if they, if Jamal Murray wouldn't. They wouldn't be starting um, Campisi, who I love. He's fantastic. Um mm-hmm. But like he's like five. He's I think he might be as tall as I am. Um, yeah, he's he's not a starting point guard. He's like the perfect backup guy. But so they they're just overstretched without their backcourt. Same thing with Monte Morris too. Monte Morris like the best backup in the league. Holy shit! <laughs> Yo, bro, like it's just it's it's that, that attrition, man. That attrition. And they're and they're so thin. They're so thin down low. So they become immediately one dimensional if a Jokic has an off night or if he gets in foul trouble. And I think Aiden can at least I think Aiden can at least mitigate him and, and even the playing field between the two of them. Who's the backup? That's what I'm For saying. Your, Last who's year, who's your group's backup? Exactly. Val McGee. I think. That's oh, it's Val. Yeah, he's back there. Mm, still not. It's not going to cut it. 
Not if not still, if you're MVP. Yeah. Still not. Still not gonna see Ant. Yeah. Because because Javel Javel would be a threat if Jamal Murray was on the court. The, the big the thing to 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 remember that, and Javel knows how to be big in the uh, in the big playoffs. Three-time games, NBA champion Javel McGee knows how to win. Yeah, Yo, that's, that's what I mean to my boy Houston when I say three-time champion Javel McGee. <laughs> <laughs> Next, Robert, the Robert Horry of this generation. <laughs> Yo, about to do it. Big shot. <laughs> that's insulting to Robert Orr's name to say that. <laughs> that is, though. That is, though. Yeah. Oh, my God. Some people really are in the right place at the right time. Unless you're Verizhao and you go on two teams that in back-to-back series and lose. But um, that's a story for another day. <laughs> Focusing on the Easter Conference semifinals, Hawks-Sixers. Now, the Atlanta Hawks, as you know, they knocked out my team, made us all sad. But I feel a little bit better. Because this team is pretty freaking legit. And um, they're only getting better and better. I hate the Sixers so much. And I really want to and believe that there is a shot that this Hawks team can knock these guys out. Now, I get it. Another Joel Embiid injury issues. But, um, again, still holding their role with Tobias and such. But how do we feel this series is going? It is tied at one, so now it's a best of five, essentially. But um, is Trey Young just enhancing his legacy? I mean, in the beginning of his career with this um, opportunity right here. Bars, I see you have a good reaction to this. What are you thinking? Um, I'm thinking that not only does Trey Young enhance his career, like his legacy, but he also enhances Joel Embiid's. In what sense? Because this this will tell you this is so. All right, you're coming up against a player in Trey Young, who just um you know, um, just like I don't know, scored there, yeah, shot him up like literally scoring what like 35 almost every game. Yep. So like you're you're coming against Joel Embiid, who just had his best like like scoring year, right? Also yep. doing like what upwards of like what 28 to 30 almost, right? Exactly. So I like, thought he could have won the MVP. Yeah, it doesn't you know, get hurt. He wins. Mm-hmm. Yo. If he wins and beats Trey Young, that shows that you know Trey Young ain't got nothing yet, but it shows that you know Embiid is bringing himself up as the alpha dog. You know what I'm saying? Throughout them injuries, I'm still playing. I'm a dog. I'm a win. You know the process. Listen, <laughs> but Trey Young still does have more to gain from this than Joel Embiid does. You know what I'm saying? Trey Young is still not really a household name like that, like Joel Embiid is. And honestly, Trey's a monster. He's just, he's just, he's just building, he's just building a name for himself in an epic way. Like, how many years, how, what year did uh, Trey Young get drafted? He's uh, in year three. He's the same draft class as Aiden and Luca. Uh, yeah, 20, he's 20, he's only 22, not even 23, 22. Busting him up, and they've already had vets come for him for the shit that he does. Listen, like, yeah, trains now shooting lights out. You so gotta give, season. yeah, definitely. You gotta give credit to him because clearly nothing phases him. New York is the hardest crowd to play against if you're an enemy to them, and he generally didn't care. And even if I was a part of those boos, um. Honestly, tip of the cap. He really, I got honestly getting a lot of respect for him. And I mean, he didn't care. Yeah, if only Derrick Rose was 25-year-old D-Rose. But uh, I mean, 
you know, one thing about Trey too um, is the fact that, you know, people have criticized. He doesn't really have a defensive game. Is that something that builds as his career as again, he's only 22. Um, If he, you know, you guys suggested a D build some muscle. You think the same thing for um, Trey, like Jordan did after he lost to wanted to beat the Pistons. He just got big is uh Trey going to continue to develop even more. And despite what he's has now, which just shows the great future he has. That depends on coaching. That completely depends on coaching. If his coach don't mind him throwing up 30, 40 shots, you know what I'm saying? And winning the game. Then fuck it, right? Well, but I like, mean, it's a, there's always going to be a limitation to him as a defender because he's physically not like he's tiny. Yeah, he's, he's like maybe six one, like like 180. Like he's always going to be a target because he's he's a midget. Right. Um, right. Uh, so well, there's right. only so much you can do. But look, if you're Atlanta, you got to feel good about yourself. Um, and B just dropped forty on you. Um, you you just were you got you got you got eaten by that haymaker in the first quarter and you popped off on that. I mean, this was relatively other than Shake Milton b- breaking out at the end of the third of the, into the fourth quarter. This was a relatively close game, and now that you know that Ben Simmons and uh, and uh, uh, Thibel are just going to spend their whole time chasing Trey, you can game plan for that. So I think um, two biggest blockers. They they and, and look, Trey missed some like open shots. Right. And I think he was just yeah. pressing a little bit. But it's look, it, this is going to be a more interesting series than it should be. Um, but it's ultimately gonna come down to can you limit anybody not named Joel Embiid? Right. And, and not, the, and not the, biggest stop thing, the biggest thing too is Trey takes too many shots. Yeah, but 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 he but he's he spreads wealth because because in that that, that high screen and roll he just gets three point shooters open everywhere. The thing is, like you said, right. the, like you said, Bob, like if you can just make a second guy beat you, like if it's going to be Tobias getting twenty like he did the first two games, then that that's what they need to refrain and 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 try to keep um, mitigated for Atlanta. For me, like. I'm interested to see how Nate McMillan comes out with a game plan on defense for game two because I think if you, you're not going to stop Joel Embiid, so maybe you try running running a zone to open the first quarter to see how they respond to it because that's going to disperse the three point shooters a little bit. It's gonna it's gonna change spacing on the floor. I would see how that works out a little bit. And but like to your guys' credit, you know it's like moving forward with Trey Young, like, you know, how does the organization surround him to be successful? Because his body frame is not going to, it's only going to get so big on um, both strength and conditioning wise. Well, but, they got the wings. Like, the, que- the question is, what do you do with John Collins? And, well, and, and I agree. Collins, yeah. But John Collins is more like a small forward. I was just saying that, you know, you look at like a lot of these classic, like um, sh- uh, point guards that are like really good shooters and that are like really good leaders. And if they're smaller, you, you put them alongside a really like a, a really complimentary two guard, like McCollum and Portland, or, you know I mean? Like I think Bogdan can be the guy if you give him more time. Yo, no, they got, they got red Bradley, velvet. So he could be clay Bradley, to their, uh... you could put Bradley Beal on there. Absolutely. Yo, Bradley Beal, CJ McCollum, like, yo, these are some the guys. Guy so crucial for the guy's success. Absolutely. Yes. It could because because he needs someone who's also doggish in, in, in manner to back him up. Because if you really look at it, that's what made the CJ and Dame backcourt so dangerous for so long. I don't even think they need to make a move because their other guys are they're all like they're all babies. I mean, yeah. I'm agreeing, Bach. I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying, like, you give them a little more time. Absolutely. Yeah, they got at least in the – like, look, uh, is Cam Reddish even healthy? Because I know uh, DeAndre Hunter's oh, out. Oh, my 
gosh, that's a great question. Like, like Cam Reddish, you, you still don't know if Cam Reddish is any good. Uh, DeAndre Hunter was rolling before he keeps getting hurt. So I mean, oh, they got, and Kevin Kevin Herter went like six for six in his first six shots of that. And you still like you still got enough vets to to bolster the team until the young guys are ready to step into that role. And then you got Gallinari. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, they're, they're in a good place. Secret weapon too over there. He killed us, and uh, Cam Reddish still secret hurt. So. Facts. Mm-hmm. Secret weapon street facts. I forgot. And I, sleep and on I mean, they fucked up the draft too. <laughs> Typical. They, you know, they need a big man. They need a. They, big they took Okongwu. That was not the right answer. No, they need a solid big man. They need someone who can move, spread the floor. They need a Miles Turner. Well, they I mean, need in a theory. Turner. That's what John Collins is. I mean, I mean, but how tall is Miles Turner? Isn't he like? He's, he's taller, but but he's Collins what? is bouncier. Yeah, Collins, Collins is bouncier, but I'll take the length over the bounce. Oh, well, that's what you have a uh, Capella for. Yeah, but Capella's also still bouncy, and he's not that much longer than John Collins. Like, I need someone like he's limited. He's not versatile. Exactly. I need. I need like Capella is literally your pick and roll, your rebounder. Like you know, like your your put back. Like he's like a little better than DeAndre Jordan in my eyes. Yeah, and. Um... It's going to be crazy to see how this pans out. And, you know, when the series uh, resumes tonight as we uh, the record uh, the day the show. I'm sorry. Tonight as the day of the episode that airs. Um, It's going to be fun to see. You, you about to say anything else, Spock? No. Oh, no, no. I'm just I'm just I'm, I'm just making comments towards what you're saying. Like not comments. I'm just, you know. Animating, oh yeah, Sorry. no, no, I encourage that. I thought, no, I, I knew that. I just, I thought, uh, Bach had a point, but no, I was yeah. trying to. I, I was saying, I didn't think they played tonight. I didn't know you were talking about one episode here. Yeah, exactly. So, um, it's gonna be important. I do think the winner of Game Three is gonna win it all. I wouldn't be surprised if this is to go seven either, but um, we'll see if the Sixers home court advantage helps them in any way in this as well. But my last question is, and you know what we're all alluding to. In this um, in this series, again, pretty much you guys think that the Sixers are going to go take major changes if this doesn't pan out, even with bringing Doc Rivers in and still same story, different year. Is it time I'm, for them to, you know, obviously starting getting rid of Simmons and such? Well, they lose the series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they lose, I'm getting rid of Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons. You're a one seed too. Oh yeah, definitely getting rid of Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris. Um, they got rid of Al Horford already, right? Yep, yeah, he's, he's in uh he's he's uh, sipping martinis since February. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So Alley Boy, uh um, yeah, he gone already. Um, um 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 Tobias, uh uh Benny Benjamin, um and 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 young Joshua, they can all hit the pine or like someone else's pine because like you know what I'm saying, I would get I'd blow that shit up. Like I'd keep him beat. And make him do some like uh, some um, some like strengthening, some endurance training, something to get his body right. And then I put like I don't know, Demar Derozan or like a Damian Lillard around. You know what I'm saying? Like I I shoot for the moon just to just just to keep myself in contention after I blow that bitch up. Literally, you would have no choice after that. And the final series to focus on on this: Bucks versus Nets. Nets are up two games to none. You know, especially after seeing the game two, they should game two should have counted as two games. 
You <laughs> beat by 50 points, you, they count as two games. That should be a rule. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, lose it, as you said. The final score was a 39-point differential, but, yeah, what a oh joke. And, I mean... Who might as who cares who whether it's the Hawks or the um the Hawks or the uh, whether it's the Hawks or the Sixers too? I mean, who's going to give a competition to Brooklyn? Brooklyn's scary. I mean, big three. You know, it's questionable what's going to happen with Harden, but with their big three, I think you can honestly win a championship with just two of them. And if it is going to be Kyrie and KD with an underrated strong bench that Sean Marks did put together. And, uh, I mean, this team looks scary good right now. I mean, people are comparing them to when it was KD, Clay, and uh, Steph. I mean, this team is intimidating, really. And it's really something else for a team that barely had the big three play together and just pick it up in the playoffs. It's kind of funny. People would make jokes like, oh, they're just going to tear it up in the playoffs. And, wow, they're literally doing that right now. Already 6-1. Uh, and one. Uh, I mean, it's something else, huh? What do you guys think? I mean, it's a lot. Like, I was talking about the KD numbers, and they're just uh, uh, unbelievable that he's that he's able to do this. Um, but look, this team is the, – the issue comes down to how Milwaukee's going to handle this because Brooklyn is tiny. And the answer is you have to actually punish them for being small. So they, you're going to put because they're not you're not going to win um, playing one on one because they're better than you one on one, and they're better at you passing apparently. So they they the Brooklyn uh, Milwaukee needs to just battering ram them. It's the only way they're going to win the series is battering ram them. And you can't play Bryn Forbes. Like, he can't guard anybody. I, and if you put him on the court when Katie or Kyrie are there, they're just going to they're going to hunt him. And I I agree, um, because I agree with Batch because um, size is why a big part of why I feel like we lost last year to the Lakers because they had Javale, they had the White, they had people who were bigger than 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 um than Bam, you know, um, and like he said, like they have to punish them, like they have to, like uh, Giannis has to kind of just force his way to the paint. He's got to take it. He's got to abuse them for being small. Like the best person to stop Giannis on the nets is KD. That's the only contention I see for him. And KD is just one of those prolific type players who, who can guard fucking anyone. You know what I'm saying? And like who can add scoring, rebounding assists, defense. It doesn't matter what you need. KD can add it just by being on your team. Like, so like aside from KD, like, I don't know. I don't see who's really stopping Giannis. Um, like Bad said, they got to they gotta play big. And if they don't, huh, huh, I don't know what to tell Giannis. Yeah, stop taking the Giannis clock for one and uh, keep uh, getting motivation. You heard Jay Williams try to compare him to KD, and KD just – I don't remember the exact quote, but he – KD just ripped him up. Like, KD just destroys them. I, I don't know how you handle KD. You got to yeah. – Giannis has to at least try to play him to a draw. And then pray that uh, Chris Middleton remembers how to play basketball, or ask you got to put more into Drew Holiday's hand. Yeah, and, Yo, and also, this, I think you can. I think for 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 certain stretches, you can you can get away with putting PJ Tucker on KD. I really do actually believe that. 
Um, Ooh, that's disgusting. Yeah, I don't like that theory at all, actually. <laughs> Why but, is that? Uh, no, but I mean, I mean, the way I approach the series is kind of similar to the way Atlanta, I think, was uh, trying to figure out how to defend KD and Kyrie is like, you know, may, maybe try his own for a quarter and see how that works in terms of the spacing, because this the whole the whole league is about spacing and 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 small ball. So but I think also, too, like, I mean, if, if you let Blake. Griffin get all this like all this all this um you know positive adrenaline and all this um all this momentum going it's really hard to stop them especially when the three of them combine for at least 65 plus points they're Back. unstoppable Alone. I mean it almost looks like you, you you don't even notice Harden skip um off the court when or like they're skipping a beat when when Blake's playing this well and I think that's the yeah factor in the series yeah Blake Griffin went off especially in game one that's something to attest to too and just shows how freaking dominant Sleeper they are and uh, I mean literally does Nash even coach I really believe you just do your thing I mean KD's the real coach and he's the real GM so <laughs> no the GM is, is Sean Marks so this is uh, this is technically a Spurs trophy <laughs> oh wow <laughs> what a time and you know again like I said to Marks you gotta get credit for that bench too with I mean you got Joe Harris going off and name it Cluster Brown I mean wow it's it's a good time to be a true a uh, fake Brooklyn Net fan or a real one, but um, that's jazz. That's jazz. That'd be a funny thing to go, but I do think we are um excited to see where this unfolds. But um, just the last thing, guys, just quick: who do we see playing in the East? Who do we see playing in the West? With what we have right now to wrap it up. So, bars, you that's said. Jazz. Nets Jazz in the finals. Sorry, did I say, did I say final? I meant yeah. conference finals. Who's oh. going in the conference finals? Excuse me, my bad. Conference finals. Nets Hawks. Nets uh, Hawks. And then, and then I got uh, Suns Jazz. That'd be a lot of fun basketball right there. And yeah. uh, you think the Hawks also give more of a uh, competition to the Nets, but they'll still, you know, roll over them than Yo, listen, the, the Sixers Hawks, would. If the Hawks win, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be surprised. I'd be, but it's crazy because at one point on Facebook, I did say Suns Hawks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yo, listen, I, I'm, I am wilding, but at the same time, you thought New York was going to go all the way, so. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. I, I, I didn't say you were wilding, but I did say that prediction. Yes, and oh, hey, wait, wait, I was are- wrong. Correct. You're correct. I don't know. Said the wild, but somebody said wild. It's all good, Alex. I got I got Philly, Brooklyn, and I got um, Utah and Phoenix. Ooh, who's gonna be the more fun series for you to check out? Definitely Utah, Phoenix, no doubt. That'll be a battle for sure. And Bach, what do you say? Well, same thing as Alice. It's Philly, Brooklyn, uh, Utah, Phoenix. It, right. it, it's going to come down to Donovan to, to Donovan Mitchell versus Devin Booker in one of the craziest shootouts. Dude, I I'm so mad about the the Kawhi thing. Like, it should have been Booker Luca. They should have been on the same team. Yeah. <laughs> that could have happened. That could have happened. Luca could have hey. been a Luca could have been a hawk. <laughs> yeah, literally the trade up. Oh man, but Luca could have been a. They, I I can't believe the Kings passed on him. Yo, they I had his believe- coach. They had his former coach as their 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 GM. 
Or they, I can't they because Vladdy's not good at assessing talent, so I don't blame him. Man, who's really a Kings fan, anyways? Like seriously, uh, I like their jerseys. Uh, Hassan Minaj is a uh, oh, Hassan Minaj. Those yeah. ninety throwbacks, those starting no bags are far fire. <laughs> Yo, listen, you gotta play two K, bro. You gotta play two K, and you'll uh, you'll have appreciation for small market teams. That's why I fell in love with the Jazz. Oh, I remember for those throwbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Throwbacks are everything. Oh, and yeah. you know, you got those ugly camo jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> and always winning. But I hate those camo jerseys. I well, think they're so the ugly. Kings got those, the Kings got those light, those baby blue, those baby blue Sacramento Johns. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, very last thing, just basketball rated, just for a laugh. What do you think of that story about KD and, uh, you know, bringing a backup chick meeting a former poor star? I just thought that was hilarious. I you, think that's, you, have to story. That, you have to say it correctly. What do you think about KD allegedly or allegedly. Uh, yes, I forgot to say allegedly. allegedly. It wasn't confirmed yet, but allegedly. Um, but, but Lana Lane was that her? What's her name? Yeah. What was it? Was it Lana Rose? I, have, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Wait, you didn't hear? You didn't hear the story, Bach? So allegedly, Dude, I spent 20 minutes talking about a about the uh, a congressperson who asked if we could move the orbit of the planet. He asked this to not scientists. But to people who work for tr- the, the forest and for um, uh, land management. No, I spend my time watching politics and then I look up box scores and read box and read things. And then I listen to the rigor. I very rarely watch basketball. I don't follow the the, um, the the like media side of basketball. I follow the games and nothing else. Yes, yes. What well, do you, <laughs> what do you, Dude, hey, you go, go watch my channel. Fresh Faces, No Ideas. The, the video is called. Congressperson does 400 IQ response to climate change. It is the funniest video you will see in your life, and you will you will never vote for a Republican again after you see it. Yo, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and on that note, far as the I'll god the in the chat. Where do we where can we find your show? Uh you can call it. Oh, first bars god, then we'll plug yours. Bob. Oh, bars the god, I didn't hear you said. Oh, Currently, um word for word is on a temporary hiatus. But you can still find us on um, YouTube at Word for Word Podcast. Um, you can find us on on Instagram, on on Twitter, Dub for Dub Podcast. Um, yeah, man, uh, we'll be back soon. Yeah, we just taking a little t- taking a little break. I've been working like a dog, so like I haven't really had much time for myself. But while I still had the time, while I was at work, I met this guy who um he saw me freshening up in the bathroom and he plugged his uh he plugged it and I told him I'd plug it, you know what I'm saying? Um all right, shout out to Tynan uh fresh and linen. Help those out where where uh you know, linen is sold. Yeah, um you could find him you could find him uh tiny container um on on <laughs> online that's where you can find us. This is a lip balm. They got chicks uh, advertising it, but I told him I give a plug, yo. It's actually pretty fire. He's got like a cucumber, cucumber lime one. Smells pretty good. It's like a little deodorant, not an antiperspirant. You just put it on, you get out. Like it's actually pretty dope. He makes the design himself, and he makes the the formula for the stuff in it. Yo, dude was yo, dope. You don't yeah. have. A, I'll talk to you later about that. Was um, but um, thank you, bars. Alex, where can we find your great work and going artists, going places, artists collective? On uh, Instagram and Facebook, I'll put I'll plug you guys with the links. Cool.
cool, cool. Just for the people who are listening to this, where where are those links? Can we find you on Instagram? Yes, Instagram, Facebook, and for me personally, I got my website as well. All right, type it going artist plate going places arts collective for that and Alex Renelio. And then Bach, where can we find your stuff? Hold on one second. All right. Uh, I just put the, the video I was talking about in the chat. Um, I'm I'm uh, Fresh Faces New Ideas. I'm Fresh Faces New Ideas on YouTube. I am at Faces Ideas on Twitter, and I am at uh, twitch.tv slash fresh faces new ideas. I stream uh every day. At 1 p.m. EST uh, tomorrow, we have a, uh, a panel I'm doing with um, crowdsource politics at 8 p.m. And then Friday, I'm talking to another Twitch streamer who is a scientist, and we're going to do some COVID stuff. All right, we're looking forward to that. Check the check the links in the episode description below. And with that, thank you, David Bach. Thank you, Alex Ronelio. Thank you, Bars the God. My name is Matt Brown, and we will have a great night. We'll see you during the conference finals. Peace, guys. Yes, sir. Night, boys. Now, that's what I'm talking about. David, Bars, Alex, thank you for a great productive conversation regarding the NBA playoffs. Can't wait to talk more hoops later on. And I just want to remind you all one more time, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdConvoPod. We're back on Monday, and who do I have? A very special guest with me. We have my friend Lenore coming on to talk mental mental health awareness with me. We talk about this topic that has various opinions, but most importantly, we are going to break down how mental health is treated, what we should we be aware of, and because Lenore works for a mental health organization, we are in good company with an expert on this topic. And this podcast is deep, it is intelligent, it is entertaining, it's informative, And most importantly, it's a very special podcast and a podcast I'm very proud of. So we'll see you back on Monday. Let's have a great weekend. Let's have a fun weekend. Let's have a safe weekend where we make the right decisions, do the right thing, and we enjoy the great time of year, which is known as summer. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. I will see you all very, very soon. Peace.